Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book release. This is episode 359, and today we are talking about books being released on April 26, 2022, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Patricia Elsie Tuttle, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Patricia, hello! Hey, Liberty. How's it going? Oh, I'm so glad that you're here today to steer the <laughs> ship, because we've just started, we've just barely started, and already I'm, like, heading towards the rocks. <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 this way. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? When you just said the date, my brain just did a weird thing. You're like, April 26, 2022. And I was like, 2022? Like, it hasn't been... <laughs> 2022 for four months but i think i'm still like trying to catch up that it's 2022 Uh, i have the opposite problem now where i think i'm saying the wrong thing because a lot of the work that i'm doing is in books that are coming out in 2023 now and some in 2024 so i keep saying 2023 and writing 2023 not correct no not quite not quite so how are things in california you know what? Things are pretty good. I'm I'm trying to get used to this newfound free time with not having to read as many books. And so I'm getting to read sequels, which is something I haven't really been able to do except for maybe like the couple weeks I get off in December mm-hmm. um, the past couple of years. So I read This Wicked Fate, which is the second half of um, the duology that starts with This Poison Heart by Kaylin Bayron. And This Wicked Fate comes out on June 21st. And it felt so luxurious to read a a sequel in April. And um, I also read Dreams Bigger Than Heartbreak, which is Charlie Jane Anders' follow-up to Victories Greater Than Death. And Dreams Bigger Than Heartbreak, I think, came out April 5th. And I'm just like, look at me, reading sequels. It's exciting. I feel like I don't read a lot of sequels anymore. Like, I used to. I used to always you know, pick up the next one and read it right away. And lately I feel like, oh, I have not had any time for sequels. There's so many that I want. I never got to the Bone Shard's daughter, the Bone Shard Emperor's daughter. I don't even remember the title anymore. The Andrea Stewart. Mm -hmm. You know, I really want to read that. I have the new, the follow-up to the Victoria Aviard Realm Breaker. I haven't read that one yet. Like, there's just all these things that I want to read. And it's just not happening. But everyone knows what that is like. We all have things that we want to read and it's just not happening. Totally. Totally. And things that we cannot wait for. Nona the Ninth. Where is Nona the Ninth? I reread Gideon the Ninth and Harrow the Ninth like a week or so ago. And then I reread Gideon the Ninth again the day before yesterday. (laughs) Because I just find it so comforting. And for some reason, more than like other books that I've reread, 
even though I literally reread it like just the week before, I'm like, this feels different to me. Like every time I read it, I'm like, is that exactly how it was worded last time? Is that exactly what, you know, <laughs> I don't know why, but it's, it's delightful. You know, to each time I read it, I'm like, this feels a little different this time. So I have no idea, but books. Yeah. We love books. Absolutely. We have lots of books to talk about today. Before I do that, before I kick it off, I want to say thank you to everyone who has continued to send in your lovely emails and your pet pictures. And, you know, I'm, I'm making my way through them and, you know, I hope to get back to you soon. I think possibly, you know, part of the reason I'm so nervous every time I record the podcast is because there's like football stadiums worth of you out there, <laughs> like multiple football stadiums. And so... You know, it's amazing to think of that many people. And uh, also, it makes me very nervous. And so, but like, yes, there's so been so many amazing emails. And, and I, I hope to get back to you soon. And thank you. And keep them coming. You know, we love pet pictures. We love hearing about animals and books and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, thank you. Now, one more thing. Before I tell you about my first book, we are going to hear from our first sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Irena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Steve Aoki's Hero Quest at your local bookstore or online at HeroQuest.com and catch Steve live on the Heavenly Hell Tour. Hero Quest is a graphic novel that is the story of a genetically augmented metahuman named Hero who travels into the multiverse 400 years into the future to save Earth from a disaster it cannot avoid. It has everything from mutants to robots to zombies to aliens, witches, and more. It's a quest for 10 rings of tremendous power from 10 different worlds that will be needed to save our world from certain disaster. It's an epic journey that will require the hero named Hiro to be cursed to save the lives of billions on Earth. It's a story of heroism, wonder, betrayal, and finally, revelation. This is the hero's journey. This is Hiro's quest. So the story was imagined by the mind of Steve Aoki and written by New York Times bestselling author Jim Kruger and Steve Aoki. So make sure to check it out. And this episode comes thanks again to Steve Aoki's Hero Quest at your local bookstore or online at HeroQuest.com and catch Steve live on the Heavenly Hell Tour. Okay, so I read this book in July of last year and... I have not seen anyone else mention it. <laughs> I feel like I might have imagined this book. It's so good and I love it so much. 
And maybe I just thought the whole thing up because I haven't seen it on Instagram. I haven't met anyone else who's read it. When I mentioned it to people, they're like, oh, you know, I heard about it from you, but I haven't read it. And so I might have made this book up. I don't know. But if I did, you know, happy for me. If I didn't, I'm happy for everyone else because it's finally out and you can read it. And it is Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher. Oh my goodness. Now, first of all, T. Kingfisher is so prolific. Recently had The Twisted Ones and The Hollow Places, which are these amazing books that are like equal parts terror and comedy. Uh, she had a delightful recent fantasy novel, A Wizard's Guide to Guide to Defensive Baking, which won some awards. Um, T. Kingfisher is also Ursula Vernon, who writes children's books and illustrates them, like Dragon's Breath, which is a really great middle grade graphic novel series. I'd even say like even younger, like elementary graphic novel series. So this is a sort of fairy tale. And what caught my eye aside from the fact that it's by T. Kingfisher, who I love, is the tagline. It's, this isn't the kind of fairy tale where the princess marries a prince. It's the one where she kills him. Now, if that is enough, awesome enough, all I should have to tell you is that this book has a character that is a chicken possessed by a demon. And that should send you running, you know, to the bookstore to get this book or to the library because it's amazing. But I'm going to tell you some more about it because it's so good. So Nettle and Bone is about this little tiny kingdom that is situated between these two very large kingdoms. And for many, many years, this has been the, the story of this little kingdom. And the two big kingdoms have always like been breathing down their neck. And, you know, the kingdom just knows that one of these days, one of these large kingdoms is just going to take their land for themselves. And so there is a princess named Mara. And her family decides to keep this from happening to keep from being overrun by one of the kingdoms, they decide that they are going to marry their daughter off to the prince of one of these kingdoms uh, so that they're not overrun and they can kind of like hold on to their power and, you know, have some protection from the other kingdoms should they decide to take their land. So her older sisters are promised to the prince of the north in, you know, this like political move. But the prince of the north, he makes Joffrey Baratheon look like Mr. Rogers, basically. He is a monster. And Mara, because she's no longer, like, needed for political gain or anything, she's sent off to a convent. But she hears the stories. Like, first one of her sisters goes and marries the prince, and then her other sister goes and marries the prince. And she hears the stories of the things that happened to her sisters while she's there. And she decides she has had it with this prince. And so now she's going to murder him. This is, you know, this is like a really delightful tale about murder. And the thing about the prince is that everyone in this story has a fairy godmother. And the prince's fairy godmother protected him with magic at his birth. So it's not like she can just walk into the North Kingdom and, you know, stab him with a spoon or something. She has to get past his spell of protection. So she's going to need someone else to help her. So she goes and finds a powerful grave witch. And the grave witch says, okay, here are these three impossible tasks. And if you can do them... I'll help you on your quest. And Mara completes these tasks. And the Grave Witch is like, huh, what do you know? Let's go. And she brings along her buddy, the demonic chicken, who is just amazing. And I just want a whole book about this chicken. So great. And while Mara and the Grave Witch are on their journey to go kill the prince, she also uh, picks up a formidable former knight who decides to join them in their quest and also a fairy godmother with her own unique set of skills and a special kind of dog who they might mention what kind of dog it is in the description. I can no longer remember, but I'm not going to tell you just in case uh, it spoils it. 
Um, but you will find out, like, in the first few pages about the dog. So they go off, and they're, like, this motley crew, and they're, like, off to kill the prince for, you know, for themselves and for her sisters and to save her kingdom. It is so much fun. There are these really unusual monsters. There's some scary bits. The innkeeper, especially, freaks me out. Um, and it's so, so funny, especially the dog, because the dog is a special kind of dog, but he also just does dog things. Like, you know, dogs are dogs across all genres and, and lands and worlds. It's just great. And T.K. Fisher is great at writing dogs. She has dogs in, like, every book that she does, basically. And she's really good at giving them personalities. And I also loved, you know, because it's it's fantasy, so... You know, there are witches and fairy godmothers and stuff, but it is sort of, like, medieval times, and it's a great look at, like, the harsh realities faced by women in these times and how they've been portrayed um, and not given a lot of agency, you know, in stories from a long time ago. And I also really liked the convent where she stays at the beginning of the book because the nuns are really rad instead of being, like, ugh, so mean and making you do terrible chores and punishments and all this stuff, you know, they're, they're really hip. And I just, I'm still going on about this book, I realize. I just love it, love it, love it, love it so much. And I hope that I didn't hallucinate it. And also, I want to remind you that T. Kingfisher has another funny horror book coming out in July. It's called What Moves the Dead. It's a reimagining of The Fall of the House of Usher. That comes out on July 12th. This one has a lot of content warnings, Nettle and Bone. There is mentions of real and fantastical violence and murder, misogyny, physical abuse, trauma, body horror, scary situations, animal peril, traumatic pregnancy and miscarriage, and child death. So just be aware of that before you go into it. This one, I love it so much. It's Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher. You know what? I don't think I've read any T. Kingfisher yet, so... What, what, what? I would start with this one. I know. I'm going to have to add it to, like, my ever-growing TBR. Like, it's unending. It's just I'll unending. call you and read it to you over the phone. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I'd do the voices. Yeah. I mean, I imagine the voices. Like, I don't know. They probably have voices. I bet I do a really good demonic chicken, but I'm not going to try it right now because now I'm getting stage fright. Oh, darn. <laughs> Dang. I was really hoping for a demonic chicken. <laughs> Um, let's see. For my first pick today, I have Winnie Zhang Unleashes a Legend by Katie Zhao. So I'm not in a reading slump right now, but one of my cures for a reading slump is to read middle grade fantasy. It's engaging and interesting without being overwhelming, and it's always easy to get into. So I happened to pick up this book because the cover is amazing. And then I learned that magical food is central to the story. And I'm an absolute sucker for stories that have magical food. Our heroine, Winnie Zhang, lives in Groton, Michigan, which is like a like a suburb of Detroit and has just started middle school. Her older sister, Lisa, just left middle school and is starting high school. Lisa has warned Winnie that middle school is the absolute worst, and Winnie guesses so because after going through middle school, Lisa has turned into a person that Winnie doesn't really like. Sure, they used to totally get along and hang out, but now all they do is fight and be rude to each other. Winnie is also under a lot of stress. 
Her nemesis is David Zuo. They both attend the same Chinese school on Sundays. They also have the same piano teachers. And David always does things just slightly better than Winnie. He gets first place at the piano recital and Winnie gets second. Or his grades at Chinese school are just a bit higher than Winnie's. Thankfully, she only has to deal with him on the weekends. Winnie is a girl after my whole heart because she, like me, is a bit food motivated. She loves to eat and she loves her mom's cooking. Lisa warns Winnie not to bring their home food as lunch to middle school, but Winnie just completely ignores this advice. So... On the first day of middle school, when Winnie is trying her hardest to fit in, she has a lunchbox moment. For listeners who are also Asian or have immigrant parents, this can be super familiar. You bring delicious homemade food for lunch, and then some unseasoned, snotty middle school bozo decides to be racist and make fun of your food. How it smells, how it looks, it's unfortunately really common and a really crappy thing that has happened to a lot of us. So that's Winnie's first day of school. And then on top of this, there's David Zuo at Winnie's middle school. He usually went to some private fancy school, but apparently he transferred to Winnie's school and now she gets to be super annoyed by him every day of the week. Well, there's a fall bake sale coming up, and Winnie's homeroom is in competition with David's. Winnie decides to make it personal and makes a bet with David that her class will win. She decides to get a jump on practicing for the bake sale and pulls out her grandmother's cookbook. Her grandmother was a well-known chef and restaurant owner, but Winnie never got to meet her. Well, the recipe for mooncakes ends up being magic, and Winnie seems to have awakened her grandmother's spirit and her latent shaman powers, and maybe some evil spirits at the same time. So Winnie adds fighting evil spirits and saving the town and pleasing her grandmother to her ever-growing list of responsibilities, which includes tons of homework and practicing her fingers off for the piano recital to please her parents. This was a fun book, and I definitely had a lot of fun reading it. It's Winnie Zhang Unleashes the Legend by Katie Zhao. Right. My next pick is this wonderful fantasy book that I'm so glad that I looked into. It is Kaikaihi by Vaishnavi Patel. It is a reimagining of one of the characters of Ramayana, which is, as the internet tells me, because I had to look it up, a Sanskrit epic from ancient India. It is one of the largest ancient epics in the world, and it consists of nearly 24,000 verses. And this is a reimagining of Kaikai, which is the daughter of the king in this case. He has all sons and one daughter in the kingdom of Kikaya, and he couldn't care less about her at all. Like, he's only interested in his sons and what his sons are doing. And so Kikai has time to hang out with her mother, who she realizes treats her a little differently than other mothers. Like, The other mothers that she watched kind of, like, cluck at their children like hens and coddle them. And Kakai's mother raises her differently. She teaches her to read. She takes her down to the library. 
in the basement and says, here are all these scrolls and read whatever you want. You know, this is like our secret. We're going to do this together. And so she gets this great education. She learns all about gods and monsters and religion. And then one day when she's 12, her father summons her. And this is like the really the first time he's ever interacted with her to tell her and her twin brother that their mother has abandoned them. And basically like, your mother's gone. Get over it. You know, Kakai's going to be the next queen until, you know, such a time that your brother marries. And this really shakes her world. She's not ready to be a queen. She's 12. She's a princess. And she misses her mom. And, like, she doesn't believe that her mom would just abandon them like that. So she seeks answers because she's heard all these stories about gods, you know, and if you pray to the gods, you can make things happen. And so she tries to find answers so she can pray to the gods and bring her mother back. And this leads her down to the basement where she used to read these scrolls with her mother. And she finds this certain scroll that teaches her this meditation that brings about a power that only she seems to possess. It's her, it's her boon. And what this talent does is shows her the threads, like literally the threads that bind her to the people around her. And she can do amazing things with this talent. Um, she can send out thoughts through these threads to people to change their minds about her or change their minds about what they're doing. You know, like, like most kids would love to have this talent. Like, you know, for one example, she's in, sitting in class with this teacher who's supposed to be teaching her sewing and painting. And she's like, this is so dumb. I don't want to do this. You know, and so she sends, like, her thoughts out to this teacher across their thread saying, like, you know, you should let her go and you hate being here too. And she's like, hey, you know what? Like, let's wrap this up. Like, kids would kill to have that talent in school. You know, so that's like how these threads kind of work. And using her boon and the knowledge that she gains, she turns herself into a queen who is revered and respected and loved by everyone around her. It is so fun and just so immersive and I just loved it. And I was reading a bit about it because I read this not knowing the story, but I did read that this was like a reimagining of a villain from the Ramayana. And so apparently in that book, she is a queen who is a jealous queen who wants her son to get the throne of the kingdom. And so she uses her boons to send the prince who would be king like into exile or or sends him away or something like that so that her son becomes the king. And so in this story, she is a villain, as is her maid, who she's very close to. And in this book, like her maid is sort of like her surrogate for her mother because she's lost her mother. And also her maid has just always been very close to her and taken good care of her. And, And she's just a wonderful character as well. And so this is kind of like Kakai's story, you know, from, and you don't, like, you don't see her as this villain, you know, in this book. And and it's so complex, and she's such a wonderful character. And Manthara, her maid, is a wonderful character, and her friends. And the storytelling is so magical. And whether it's about battling people, or monsters, or family interactions, you know, or politics, like, it's so well-constructed and interesting I just loved it. If you love Circe or Ariadne or The Witch's Heart or The Daughter of the Moon Goddess or She Who Became the Sun, these retellings that position women, you know, as the center of the story and tell their side of it, women who have been ignored in in mythology and stories in the past, um, you're going to love this book. Even if you just, if you haven't read any of those and you just love a good fantasy book, you know, or a strong, strong main character, I just, 
I'm just gonna keep going on and on and on about it, I guess. But it's so good. It is Kikai by Vaishnavi Patel. Oh, and I do want to give content warnings for violence, animal death, assault, partner abuse, and I can't, I forgot to write them down. I'm very sorry. Um, I'll be sure to put them in the show notes because I did, I did forget to write them down right now. And now we are recording and I'm very nervous and cannot think of them. So (laughs) yeah, they'll be in the show notes. (laughs) I'll make a note right now while you tell us about your next pick. Great. I am practically vibrating out of my chair because I am so excited to tell everyone about this book. I just want to shout it from the rooftops. It's titled How to Keep House While Drowning, A Gentle Approach to Cleaning and Organizing by Casey Davis. Casey Davis is a therapist who apparently has a really popular TikTok account called Domestic Blisters. I don't really use TikTok. However, she's also on Instagram and a lot of her content is about cleaning And I'm not talking about vacuuming your mattress every night or labeling everything you own or organizing all your belongings in Roy G. Biv order. I'm talking about the chores or as the author calls them, the care tasks that seem like they're simple for other people. But when you have depression or ADHD or physical disabilities or chronic pain or trauma or lack of support and so on, even the thought of doing these things can be overwhelming and fill you with deep shame when you can't bring yourself to do them. I'm talking about not only folding laundry, but even doing laundry at all. Changing your sheets, brushing your teeth washing dishes. If you're a person who does all these things regularly and without issue, then this book probably isn't for you. But if you, like me, have ever sat on your kitchen floor and cried at the prospect of doing a mountain of dishes, then I think you will get something out of this book. And by the way, the dish situations were years ago when I was living with other people, and now I have a wife who makes sure that I never go through that again. Um, So I'm definitely not throwing her under the bus. The center of this book, the heart of it, the core of it is this. You do not work for your home. Your home works for you. Casey Davis offers a helpful perspective on ways to make your home work for you. But this isn't all just tips and tricks. Although, honestly, why do baby onesies need to be folded? The author wants to help put a stop to the shame that builds up over care tasks and not having the capacity to do them. She tells readers over and over that we are not bad people if we have a messy home. We still deserve things like love and rest and fun, even if the laundry isn't done. For all the parents out there, you're not bad parents if your kids' clothes have stains. This book is big on self-compassion and practicality. It stresses the importance of care tasks as being kindnesses to yourself, sometimes your present self, sometimes your future self, like how washing the coffee pot tonight is a kindness to your morning self, so you have a clean pot to make coffee in. Also, she does recommend some things and she, I did look on TikTok and she does have like um, some stuff on this and it's definitely also in the book about like how sometimes if you're having really bad mental health days, then maybe the kindness to yourself is using 
paper plates that you could throw in the compost or throw in the trash. And yes, we just passed Earth Day. And yes, we just like it is, you know, we don't want to use so many disposable items. But sometimes that's what you need to do for your mental health to take care of yourself so that you can be in a better place so that you can do things like take better care of the environment and your family and your community. If you're into different tidying methods or cleaning shortcuts, there are definitely some of those offered in the book as well. Cleaning is never done. There will always be dirty dishes or laundry or whatever created the next day. And cleaning is morally neutral. I want to add that there's definitely a larger discussion to be had about cleanliness and its role in white supremacy thinking and culture, but that's another discussion for another time. This book is phenomenal. I'm so glad I read it, and it's also something that I'm going to refer back to now and then. It's How to Keep House While Drowning, A Gentle Approach to Cleaning and Organizing by Casey Davis. All right, so those are books that we read and have lots of Muppet arms about. And now we're going to talk about a few books that are coming out today that we may not have necessarily read, but that we are excited about. And I am going to kick it off with The Children on the Hill by Jennifer McMahon. I have talked about Jennifer McMahon's books on the show before, and I haven't read this one yet, but I'm very excited to. It is inspired by Frankenstein and takes place in two different times, one in 1978 in Vermont, where there is a renowned psychiatrist, a doctor who is very famous in her profession, and she's also a grandmother who lives at home with her grandchildren, and one day she brings an unusual young girl to stay with them, like to live with her family, and she becomes close with her grandchildren, even though they realize that that there's something different about this girl. It also takes place in 2019 in Vermont, where there is a young woman named Lizzie Shelley who has a popular podcast called Monsters Among Us, and she's going to travel to Vermont to investigate the disappearance of a young girl because the townspeople swear that they have seen a monster in the area, and Lizzie believes them because she knows for a fact that monsters are real. It sounds like great fun. McMahon's books are always a good time. I've read, I think, every single one of them now. Maybe I'm missing, like, Burntown. I don't remember reading that one. But there are always, like, this mix of past and present, and most of them are set in Vermont with just the right amount of terror that will, you know, give you the creeps before you go to sleep. But also there are these really great stories about history and characters and a sense of place and, like, the stories that people tell Uh, My favorites, if you are interested in picking up some of Jennifer McMahon's other books, are The Invited, The Winter People, and The Night Sister. And this one, which comes out today, is The Children on the Hill by Jennifer McMahon. So this book, I um, it comes out in paperback today, and I have read half of it so far because um, I do have it sitting on my shelf. It's I'm Waiting for You and Other Stories by Kim Bo-Young. This is speculative fiction book in translation. Kim Bo-Young is one of South Korea's most well-loved science fiction writers. She has won the annual South Korean Science Fiction Award for novels twice and received the Best Novella Award in the Korean Science and Technology Creative Writing Awards. 
This book has four stories, which are better described as two pairs of stories. One pair of stories is told via letters from an intergalactic couple who is going to be married. One story is the letters and experiences of the groom-to-be, and the other is the stories and letters of the bride-to-be. The bride is traveling very far, like I said, intergalactic, to Earth to be wed. If the groom were to wait on Earth for her, the time would pass so slowly, so he hops on a spaceship that will travel in a way that makes time pass quickly in space, but longer on Earth. They plan to meet on Earth at the same time. However, the groom's spaceship hits a snag and he ends up hopping on a merchant vessel that would be more timely because like the wedding invitations are out and the church is reserved and he sublet his apartment and so on. The captain of the merchant vessel has miscalculated and the groom will miss his bride by years in Earth time. He continues to fly through space, occasionally checking Earth for any signs of his fiance. As the years pass in space, decades upon decades pass on Earth. It is a really fascinating dystopian timeline. The story structure isn't like anything I've read and it was completely enthralling. The other pair of stories in this book were utterly fascinating to me. If you have a grasp on some of the core concepts of Buddhism, it will definitely help with easing into this pair of stories centered on reincarnation and the relationship between spiritual beings and earthly beings and everything around us. I can't even really put into words how to describe this story. You just have to read it. It's out in paperback today. It's I'm Waiting for You and Other Stories by Kim Bo Young. All right, before I tell you about my next pick for today, we're going to hear from another sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, so also out in paperback today is one of my very favorite books of last year. I talked about it on the April 27th show when it came out. I talked about it on the December 14th show when we talked about our favorite books of the year. And I'm going to talk about it again now because in the time between that show and now, it was announced that it's going to be a movie. And I'm so excited. It is Meet Me in Another Life by Katrina Sylvie. If you're a fan of The Time Traveler's Wife, which is going to be a TV series, I believe they just dropped the trailer. I haven't watched it yet, but if you've like been looking for something similar to that, this is the book for you. I cannot tell you much more about it that I haven't already said a hundred million times, but I'm going to try. It is about these two people named Thora and Santi. When we meet them, they are strangers in Germany going to school. They meet at a party. They really hit it off. 
Now, this is not a spoiler to tell you that tragedy strikes and one of them dies. But don't worry, because in the next chapter, Thora and Santi are alive again. And they meet, and this time they are different things to one another. And they live their lives, and they die, and they meet again, and again, and again, and again. Thora and Santi continue to meet over and over and over again in this town. Sometimes they are father and daughter, sometimes they are girlfriend and boyfriend, sometimes they're doctor and patient, teacher and student, uh, their partners at work, when, when they're police officers. And as they keep going through these lives, Thora and Santi start to remember little things because they have other people in their lives that are different things to them. Like something is drawing them to these certain people in this certain time. And the more they live these lives, the more they're beginning to remember each other until, you know, they get to the point where they're like, we've definitely done this before. We definitely have met each other before. You know, why does the universe keep bringing us together? It's so good. I loved all the reveals. There's a couple of like really big ones throughout the book. I loved, you know, how they each had these different roles and like all the other characters had these different roles, but they were all like the same people. It's a story of life and death and family and friendship and love and and your beliefs. And and as the story goes along, even though they are different people in each reincarnation, I'll say, they sort of change fundamentally as they go along. And they're always together. And, you know, it. I really enjoyed how the novel explores the question, like, given enough time, can you ever really know everything about someone? It's so good. It's just oh, so immersive. You just sink into it. And it made me cry a lot, which I love. I love books that make me cry. So I do want to give content warnings because I have read this one. Uh, for discussions of illness, death, car accidents, drowning, fire, physical violence, murder, chemical use, and animal cruelty. Like I said, they do die a lot because they are reincarnated, so a lot of things happen. It is Meet Me in Another Life by Katrina Sylvie. So one of the other books I'm excited about that is coming out today is The Last Days of the Dinosaurs, An Asteroid Extinction and the Beginning of Our World by Riley Black. I have not read it yet, but I am super duper excited about it. Uh, Riley Black is a super awesome paleontologist that I follow on Twitter. And full disclosure, I am a grown adult. My wife and friends are grown adults and we freaking love dinosaurs. In our friend group Slack, we have a whole channel just to talk about dinosaurs. My wife has worked dinosaurs into our weekly Dungeons and Dragons game. In my world, dinosaurs will always be rad. Also in my world, queer people love dinosaurs. Look, I don't make the rules. We are who we are. So, as we all know, 66 million years ago, a meteor hit the Earth and wiped out all the non-avian dinosaurs, and we are very sad about that. But because of that, it also made a place for evolution to do a bunch of different things, things that weren't possible in the millions and millions of years prior. I'm excited about this book because, yes, dinosaurs, but also the author looks at the time through a lens of hope, and I think that's pretty cool. It is The Last Days of the Dinosaurs, An Asteroid Extinction, and The Beginning of Our World by Riley Black. And I have a couple more books that are coming out today that I want to give quick special mentions to. 
First is How to Tell a Story, The Essential Guide to Memorable Storytelling from the Moth by Meg Bowles, Catherine Burns, Jennifer Hickson, Sarah Austin Jenis, and Kate Tellers. I am really excited to read this book. Going to storytelling shows is something I really miss about my life pre-pandemic. And I think that The Moth has been around for like 25 years or something like that now. I don't have to tell you all that I love a good story. I've been on this podcast talking about books for over two and a half years. Like, we all love good stories. I also really love craft books. I firmly believe that there's no one right way to tell a story, but I love hearing about different opinions and techniques. This is really high on my TBR. It's How to Tell a Story, The Essential Guide to Memorable Storytelling from The Moth. And finally, a book that I got a finished copy of in the mail is Big Feelings, How to Be Okay When Things Are Not Okay by Liz Fosline and Molly West Duffy. One thing about me is I'm going to read a pop science self-help book and critically judge the science, of course. Don't worry, I haven't been body snatched. Another thing. I love the Liz and Molly Instagram account that has absurdly relatable illustrations. Do I think a self-help book can help us deal with the effects of white supremacy, patriarchy, and capitalism? No. Am I going to try, though? Heck yes. The publicist had me at how to find balance, alleviate, or prevent burnout. Throw me a bone, please. Full disclosure, haven't read it yet, but it's out today, and I really wanted to tell you about it just in case it's something you may want to check out. So it's Big Feelings, How to Be Okay When Things Are Not Okay. Okay, so getting back to the dinosaurs for a second. Yes. Like, I have this book, and I'm very excited about this book. And I had lunch with my husband and my bestie yesterday, and they were in tears laughing at me because I don't like fake scary things in person. Like, I'll read about book, like about scary things in books and movies and whatever. But for some reason, I don't like haunted houses. I don't like roller coasters. I don't like stuff like that. Yeah. And so they were laughing at me because I was telling them about, I went to, you know, and I know you're a big Disney fan, but I don't know if that translates to the Florida parks as well as the, you know, California park. But I went to the Animal Kingdom when it first opened. Uh-huh. And there was this ride that you go on. It might have even been like a Jurassic Park themed ride. But... You, like, are on this little coaster going through this, like, jungle land, and there are all these animatronic little animals and all this stuff. And then you feel, like, this shaking, and suddenly a big T-Rex comes out and stands on the tracks. And we were in the front. This was with my first husband. He loved this kind of stuff. And the T-Rex leans right down so that if you're in the front of the cart, his face is right there, and he, like, yells and breathes hot breath on you. And I wouldn't open my eyes, so there's, like, this photo of me just, like, not opening my eyes, and my husband looks so delighted, and they were laughing at me. They're like, it's not real. Dinosaurs aren't real. I'm like, well, they were real, and I don't like them in person, and, like, so, yeah, so I don't know if you've done that right, but you would love it, but I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, did not enjoy that, not one bit. So, I have, it's funny, my, um... My mom has Jurassic Park came out, the first one, when I think I was in eighth grade. I was like 13. And my mom 
kept the napkin from the movie theater that I just held onto the whole movie and mangled it. She has it in like a Ziploc somewhere because <laughs> it's just like shredded. But no, I haven't been to the Disney Florida parks, but at Universal Studios Hollywood, there is a Jurassic Park water ride. And um, it is, yeah, it is quite something. But no, like, like, we've learned from Jurassic Park, like, dinosaurs are cool, and we don't actually want dinosaurs to be back. Well, I mean, I'm sure some of us do. I'm sure some of us do, yeah. Just not here. You know, we have enough going on. We have enough going on. You know. <laughs> so. Totally to worry about, like, <laughs> velociraptors. That's right. Can you imagine? Like, please, I have, I am, I'm full. I have enough going on. I already feel like I live with two of them, so it's enough for me. <laughs> All right, we're way off track now. That was my fault, but it was fun. Fun little dino segue. Um, so I'm going to do the lightning paperback release round. I'm going to kick it off with Bloodless by Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. I talked about this book on the September 7th show. This is the 20th book in the Agent Pendergast series. Somehow, I made it through without having read this series, but when I heard that it was a book involving D.B. Cooper, the man who hijacked a plane, he's the only person to have ever successfully hijacked a plane whose identity is still unknown, and vampires took two of my childhood interests and mushed them together. I had to read this book, and it was so ridiculous. Like, so ridiculous, and I enjoyed it so much, I went back and read all other the other 19 of the Agent Pendergast series, and they are all quite uh, ridiculous and amazing. Um, this one definitely the most so far, but I didn't have a problem. Like I hadn't read the other ones. I read this one was no, had no problem understanding it. So, um, if you want to hear me talk more about it, you can go to the September 7th show from last year. Also out today is Love in Color, Mythical Tales from Around the World Retold by Bolu Babalola. Uh, we talked about this one on the April 13th show of last year. If you want to hear an in-depth explanation about it, it is retelling myths folk tales and histories from around the world. And I do want to point out that the author has their first novel coming out, Honey and Spice, on July 5th. There's O. William by Elizabeth Strout, which is the third book in her Lucy Barton sort of series, her third book that contains Lucy Barton. Uh, this one is, or I should say there is a fourth one, we just found out the other day, called Lucy by the Sea that's coming out on September 20th. I can't talk today. And this one was the third one. That's O. William. Also, The Newcomer by Mary Kay Andrews. I actually read this one last year. I thought it was quite fun. It's a, although now that I'm going to tell you what it's about, it doesn't sound fun at all. It's about a woman whose sister is killed. And before she dies, she tells her sister, if anything ever happens to me, it's definitely my husband. And please take my daughter and get her away from him. And so that is what this woman does. She takes her murdered sister's daughter and runs to this small, tiny Florida town where then everything is like really nice and okay. There's like romance and there's some funny neighbors and, you know, it's quite light for a very serious subject, you know, but also her husband is, you know, looking for her and his daughter. And also paperback original today coming out that definitely needs to be mentioned. It is Cat Massage Therapy Volume 2 by Haru Hisakawa. And it's not about how to give your cats massage therapy. This is an actual manga that has 
cats that give massage therapy. And I first heard about this from Patricia. <laughs> she posted about it on her Instagram. And I was like, I have to have this immediately. So I read the first volume, which is out. And this is the second volume. And, you know, Patricia, would you like to add anything about why this is just amazing? Um, so I've been really leaning into the cat manga lately. I'll also on my shelves are like, I am a cat barista, and the masterful cat is depressed again today, and uh, I am the cat lord's manservant. Like there's <laughs> there's just some amazing cat manga out there. But the first one I picked up lately was Cat Massage Therapy Volume One, and it's just this guy goes, he's like, oh, this place is offering massages. And he walks in and there's like a cat at the front desk who's like, yes, hello, I am the massage therapist. <laughs> and it's so ridiculous. And it's also just like so low stakes that I'm just like, yes, this is what I need right now. Because as we were just saying, there's enough going on. So I'm just going to lean into this book about cats who give massage. Yeah, it, it's great scrubbing bubbles for your brain. Totally. You know, it's exactly as advertised and not much else happens. It's just like people go in and the cat's like, hello, let me give you a massage. And the people are like, oh, that feels good. Thank you. And then the cat's like, hello, let me give you a massage. Yeah. And then they're like, can we hire, can we hire the cats uh, to come to the office? And they're like, sure, we'll send yep. our interns who are like kittens or something. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I, I was like, I can't believe there's going to be a second one. But also I cannot wait for the second one. I have to say, like, I got rid of a bunch of books. I sold a bunch of books on Pango a few months ago because, you know, every animal in my house needed medical attention at that time. And I kept putting that one in the stack going, you know, I read it and, you know, am I going to read it again? And the answer is yes. Yeah. I kept taking it out of the stack and, and I, I did not end up selling it. I was just like, I'm going to need this again someday. So, yeah, it's just just amazing. You'll have to see it to believe it, but you'll have to also take our word for it because it's incredible. Also out today, For Your Own Good by Samantha Downing, which I talked about on the July 20th show, about Teddy Crutcher, who is a very, very bad teacher at Belmont Academy. He won Teacher of the Year because everyone thinks he's great, but actually he's seriously evil. And it's so much fun. Robert Downey Jr. is going to portray him in the TV series that is supposed to be coming from Hulu. Unsettled Ground by Claire Fuller, which won the 2021 Costa Novel Award and was a finalist for the Women's Prize in Fiction, about the twins Jeannie and Julius, who live in rural isolation in an English countryside with their mother Dot until she passes away and they are forced to leave their cottage. Also out is Firebreak by Nicole Corner Stace. It's set in New Liberty City. Woo! My name is everywhere. I've been watching a lot of NBA games, and they have those stupid Liberty Mutual commercials where they're like, Liberty Biberty, Liberty Biberty, and I'm just like, oh, I hate this. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll take, a pl I'll take a place called New Liberty City. It's set in the year 2134 about a virtual reality game put out by one of the two corporations that run the world and some people who learn the truth about the soldiers in the game. And last but not least, this is a novel that I wanted to get to last year, and I didn't, and I have it sitting here somewhere, so I'm going to try and dig it out after we finish recording, so I'll remember. It's Things We Lost to the Water by Eric Wang. It's about an immigrant Vietnamese family who settles in New Orleans, and I heard great things about it, so I hope to read that soon. And so yeah, so to recap, D.B. Cooper, Vampires, Cat Massage, Dinosaurs... I think, I think we got it all. Yeah. 
Um, books. Yay, books. Yay, books. Very excited. Yeah, this is a great day for paperbacks and just books in general. Yeah, it's a really good day. There are just so many books today that I'm just like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. So those are our new books. What are you going to read next? So right now I am listening to The Memory Librarian and Other Stories of Dirty Computer by Janelle Monet. And I am also reading You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty, which comes out May 24th, and that's by Ekweke Amezi. How about you? So I have to say, uh, last time we did the show, I mentioned The Limit Memory Librarian because it was one that I was looking forward to reading, and I did read it over the weekend. And what I did not know, because for someone who reads all the time, apparently I don't ever read anything, it's, I thought it was just stories by Janelle Monet, but it actually has several different contributors. Yes. From sci-fi and fantasy, which is very exciting. But, like, I didn't know that when I was talking about it. Yes, one of whom is Danny Lore, um, who I just know off the top of my head, Danny Lore, who is one of the people who would put on the FIACON, the FIA magazine that publishes speculative fiction by, by Pox. And that was a conference that just, like, changed my life. And so, I, yeah, very excited about this book. Awesome. Um, so yeah, so I just wanted to add that about the book in case, you know, people wanted to know more about it. And so I, myself, I got teased horribly this week. I got the new Elizabeth McCracken, which, you know, she's my favorite. And I was so delighted. And like two minutes later, I got the new John Irving. The John Irving that like we've all been waiting for for since 2017 when it was supposed to come out. And it had a different title. And I don't even know if this is the same book that was supposed to come out in 2017. But just out of nowhere, they're like, here's the new John Irving. It's 912 pages because John Irving himself will tell you he doesn't have an editor. He's like one of those authors that is like, nobody touches my work. And they're like, okay, you're John Irving. You get what you want. So it's 912 pages. And I was losing my mind with excitement. And I started reading it. And I was reading it on my PDF reader on my computer. And I got through like the first 10 pages of, you know, intros and, you know, chapter names and all the stuff. And then I started reading it and I realized that I had like read 73% of the book and it turns out that it was just the first chapter. I was <gasps> so sad. I was like, oh, you no. don't even need to put up a, a galley of the genre ring. It's going to sell like a zillion copies. Everybody's been waiting for a new one. But I thought that was mean because it didn't say anywhere that it wasn't the whole thing. So I was like, I'm going to sit down and read 912 pages right now. I cleared my schedule and boom, just, it was like 10, oh. it was 10 pages. Yeah. I was really bummed, but, you know, I'll get over it. I have other things to read, including the new Elizabeth McCracken. So I'm very excited about that. And I'm also reading With Prejudice by Robin Paguero, which is about a grand jury. And I guess the author used to be a lawyer, or I would guess is probably still a lawyer. And it has all these amazing details about picking juries and, you know, prosecutors and all this stuff. Kind of like stuff you see on, like, Law & Order, but more in-depth. It's pretty interesting, so... That's what I've got going on. And that is it for today. What a show all over the place. You know, we cover all <laughs> kinds of stuff. It's great. I love it. Uh, so I want to give a thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to all of you for listening and for all your lovely emails and messages and cat pictures and dog pictures. And there have been some ferret pictures and lizard pictures. I love it all. Uh, thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink, who also has some awesome cats. Uh, you can drop us a line at allthebooks at bookriot.com. You can find us online. Patricia hangs out on Instagram and Twitter at The Info File. I mostly hang out on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. 
And if you want to give us a treat, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.